In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. The Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. But I'm going to make sure that this pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Boris inside. Jokic, Hello and welcome back in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, uh, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride, and I am happy to be back. we got a bunch of cool stuff to talk about. I know the pod- podcast has been gone for a little while, but I've been shuffling a lot of things around, so it's definitely been a work in progress, but I have a lot of cool things to announce, like this podcast is now going to be three days a week on a schedule. You'll have a new podcast out when you wake up on Monday morning, Wednesday morning, and Friday morning, so much more consistent podcast as we go forward. The big reason why is because if you have originally found this podcast on Mile High Sports, it will no longer be there. Um, I have unfortunately had my time come to an end at Mile High Sports if you haven't seen it on Twitter. So now this podcast is going to be its own entity, but it's also going to be my main priority going forward. So that means we're going to get way more conversations on this format as opposed to writing. So with all that put behind, I want to first shout out Indeed and Bet Online for um, for being the benefactors of this podcast, for being longtime supporters of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and giving us the ability to keep making these pods for everybody. So make sure you go check them out. You're going to hear about Indeed first coming up here in a few minutes, and then you're going to hear about Bet Online after that second segment. In addition to the, both of those guys, make sure you go subscribe to American Prodigy. It's the new Blue Wire podcast uh, show that they are doing. It's basically a documentary about Freddie Adu and, and, and his career throughout soccer. So take some time, go check that out. It's Absolutely awesome. I believe it's already up right now, so subscribe to American Prodigy. So today, for this podcast, we are going to get into all of this off-season shenanigans that is so rapidly approaching. So we're first going to update you guys on where the league is at, what kind of trade conversations have been had, what rumors exist out there, and particularly how it relates to the Nuggets. In addition to that, we'll talk about important dates that are coming up, like when the moratorium lifts, when the draft is, when free agency begins, when the season begins games, training camp, and the overall outline that Adrian Rojanowski of ESPN put out today for the overall gist of how the season will function. We'll also talk about the league memo for the revised collected collective bargaining agreement that was sent out today. Um, Mile High Sports, well me, I should say, I got my hands on that memo, so I'll be able to outline kind of the important factors of it from a league-wide perspective as well as from a Nuggets perspective. It was 61 pages of every single alteration they're making, so we have a much better and clearer 
better idea for what is coming in the future. Then, of course, as we always do, we'll finish out this podcast in the third segment by answering questions from listeners and talking about what is coming in Wednesday's episode of the show. So, like I said, lots to get through today. It's going to be a fun episode of getting restarted on the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast and building it into what it is going to be. So thank you to everybody who has been supporting the show. Make sure if you've been listening through milehighsports.com that you go subscribe to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast wherever you get podcasts. That is where this is going to live from now on, and that is where you're going to be able to find it. That way it's always in your library, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. But we're going to take our first quick break, tell you about Indeed, and on the other end, I'm going to get into the meat of what we can expect for this offseason that is now coming really, really fast. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every single hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back into the podcast, and let's get into this ridiculous offseason that we have upcoming in literally about 18 hours from when I'm recording this podcast. Um, it is currently 7 p.m. in Denver, which actually gives us uh, 14 hours until this free agency finally, or this uh, moratorium is lifted and trade season can begin. Um, that's where we're going to start, because that is where the league update is really trending. There have been a lot of rumors that have been put out there now, a lot of interesting things that have come out about what trades we might potentially start to see when this moratorium is lifted tomorrow at, I believe, 9 a.m. Denver or 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. Denver time. Um, the first one that has already been agreed to in principle was the Lakers trading for Dennis Schroeder of the Oklahoma City Thunder. They sent Danny Green in their first round draft pick. I believe it was the 28th pick to get him. Um, this is very interesting. It means that Rondo is almost assuredly not going to be a part of the Lakers next year, most likely Avery Bradley as well. Now the Lakers have a legitimate creator alongside LeBron who not only can create but can shoot a little bit as well. Um, Dennis Schroeder is a very helpful addition for that team, whether off the bench, whether with the starters, he can do a lot to be able to help that team. So the Lakers just got that much more menacing and that much more difficult to handle. Plus, if they somehow have Avery Bradley also opt out, they will suddenly be in line to use that mid-level exception to go sign someone else who is going to be an impactful free agent. So 
The Lakers are moving in a positive trajectory, which is worrisome for the West, for the rest of the Western Conference. Um, in addition to that, Adrian Wojnarowski dropped a bomb. Man, like this is legendary trade talk. Uh, James Harden, after after Russell Westbrook has now asked to be traded away from the Houston Rockets, apparently is wavering in his dedication to the franchise, and he is apparently, um, well, I guess it's been known in his circle, I would say, that James Harden is looking to potentially be traded to Brooklyn to return and play once again with Kevin Durant, who we played with in the Oklahoma City Thunder days, and to also team up with Kyrie Irving. This is possible. There's a lot of young players on that Nets team, like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Torian Prince. All of those guys are very helpful and nice guys to get in a trade because they're young assets that could grow into even more than they currently are. In addition to that, there would be, I'm sure, many, many picks involved because finally, for the first time ever, the Nets actually have all of their own picks, which is actually kind of funny because this, literally the second that the free agency period begins where they own all of their own picks going forward, they are now going to trade a treasure chest of them in, in a potential reality to get James Harden. So, I don't know how this is going to work. I have no idea how we can even predict this team will play. I mean, Kevin Durant's the only one of those three guys who knows how, has any idea how to play off the ball. So this is going to be fascinating, and I want to see this happen. And the reason this is so important overall is because it also impacts the Denver Nuggets in an indirect way. Uh, Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated uh, tweeted out today that there's a lot of teams going after Drew Holiday, which has been known for a long time, but noted that the Nuggets are a particular threat to sign him. I can almost I can also con- confirm that the Nuggets are one of the 20 or so teams involved, or at least have had conversations with the New Orleans Pelicans about trading for Drew Holiday. So all of this is very interesting because the other team that most people kind of you know penciled in as a realistic trading uh, partner to get Drew Holiday was the Brooklyn Nets now seemingly involved in trying to get James Harden instead. That means that is one less suitor for Drew Holiday going forward, which only increases the Nuggets' potential chances at being able to sign him. So again, another important aspect of this overall free agency insanity that we are about to wade ourselves into. Those are the general rumors. Um, There hasn't been a whole lot else that has come out in terms of big-time rumors that could potentially impact the Denver Nuggets, so that's kind of where we'll leave it for now, but you can bet when we come back for Wednesday's episode there's going to be a lot more to talk about in terms of trade conversations, trade rumors, how they impact the Nuggets, so on and so forth, because that moratorium will finally be lifted. So let's move on to the important dates that we're going to see coming up for this offseason and why these things are important. The important place to start is that the League and the Players Association have finally negotiated out a salary cap and luxury tax, not just for this season, but a few seasons going forward. Uh, This is important because it's really difficult to sign a player when you have no idea what the salary cap is going to look like in two years. Now that conversation is no longer as confusing and unpredictable as it once was. Now all the GMs and presidents and basketball at least have a perspective and an idea of what they can expect going forward. So that's huge. The other thing too is that you can't go forward with a draft and with free agency until you have set a salary cap because how are you supposed to make roster decisions until you know how much money you are able to spend. So the fact that that has been taken care of is huge. It is now over. We know the salary cap. The NBA can now move forward full speed ahead to starting this season. The next step is going to be the moratorium lifting at noon Eastern tomorrow. 
tomorrow. That is where the trade season begins. All tra- all trades can then happen. Players and teams can opt in and out of their contracts. There's qualifying offers that can be sent out to locking guys into restricted free agency. You're going to start seeing unguaranteed contracts become guaranteed on a time crunch, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. This is where all of the transactional windows open for the NBA. So that is the starting point. Tomorrow is literally going to be the starting line for the offseason. So after that, we're then going to have two more days and we're going to have the NBA draft on 11-18. That is going to be, uh, what day is that? Wednesday. Wednesday is going to be the draft. And who knows what we're going to see in that draft. If there's one thing I've picked up on by reaching out to teams and agents, it's that nobody knows what other teams are going to do, which has led to a lot of chaos and a lot of confusion and an unpredictability to the draft. This overall coronavirus impact on the NBA, it has left every single team needing to make big time decisions. What they're going to end up doing, in my opinion, is the teams that need to save money are going to be trying to trade away contracts at all costs. And you're going to see quite a few teams who are trying to contend do whatever they can to trade to get new guys and to raise their overall ceiling to contend in a real level. The tax hit this year is going to be lessened than in years past to allow teams more financial financial flexibility for the season due to the coronavirus, but also there are going to be many owners who have already taken a financial hit within and um, outside of basketball that is going to impact these decisions as well. So the draft is going to get weird. No one knows who's really going to pick first even. No one knows who's going to go first, who's going to fall, what kind of trades could materialize, who will even be on the market for the trade market. It's going to be nuts. So then... Two days after that, on Friday, is when free agency begins. This is when all of a sudden every unrestricted and restricted free agent can then be courted by other teams and they can start having those conversations. From that day, Friday, which is November 20th, they then have 10 days until training camp begins on December 1st. That's insane. To try and fill out your entire roster in 10 days in free agency, like, there is not enough of a ability to connect all of those dots in time to fill out the roster in a concise way. So what I'm expecting is a lot of teams entering training camp will not have completed rosters at that time. They will still be looking for end of bench guys and, you know, the 17th or, you know, you know, two-way contracts, the 13th, 14th, 15th guys in the roster, you're going to see a lot of those decisions being made in the middle of training camp, most likely. Then, the season will begin on December 22nd. It'll be a 72-game season. From there, you will see the All-Star break come March 5th to March 10th. There will be no All-Star game, but there will still be an All-Star break to allow for time for rest. Then you get May 16th as the last day of the regular season. So December 22nd to May 16th will be the regular season. You will have the play-in tournament, which is almost officially finalized, which will be for seats uh, 7 through 10 to play in for a play-in tournament May 17th to 21st, the day after the regular season. And then May 22nd, the first round playoffs will begin. June 7th, the conference semis will begin. June 22nd, the conference finals will begin. And then you get the NBA finals July 8th to the 22nd. So that is the tentative 
plan for the NBA going forward. Those are the dates. That is how they see this playing out. We'll see how um, viable this will be in a couple weeks because let's be very honest, COVID-19 is ravaging everything in this country right now. So this might be a very, very high hopes plan in a world that is destroying hopes right now. So I'm not planning on all this working perfectly. This is just the tentative understanding of what the NBA is trying to accomplish this season. That is how I am currently looking at it. So there is your league update. There are the important dates for the offseason. I know that was a lot, kind of high-frequency stuff, but let's now move into something that is even more confusing, which is the league memo that was sent out today to all teams. It's a 61-page memo outlining the shifts and changes to the collective bargaining agreement due to COVID-19 and the way that they are going to be able to amend the CBA to make it work for this season. I'm not going to sit here and explain every single one of the 61 pages to you because it was a lot of confusing parts to this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit the three main takeaways for the league and then also talk about how it could impact the Denver Nuggets as well, how it does impact the Denver Nuggets. So for the league-wide takeaways, the biggest thing in my opinion, especially with the way that they're trying to play this season, despite the fact that this pandemic is still you know raging through the country, is that... They are adjusting the way two-way contracts are going to function. Before, the guaranteed number for how much money you make on a two-way contract at the minimum was like 50 grand. It was very, very low. This season, it's going to be a guaranteed $450,000, regardless of how many days you play at the NBA level from what I have gathered. Um, In addition to that, it's no longer going to be that extremely confusing 45-day limit with the pro club team, where nobody knew if a day constituted being on a plane or practicing or just getting workouts in in the gym or if it's just weightlifting all of that confusion is now gone it is a 50 game active list limit now for two-way contract players that'll make things so much easier to figure out going forward in addition to that, there will be no deadline for when you can sign two-way contract players. So as long as you have an open two-way contract slot, you will be able to sign a two-way contract player at any point during the season. That is going to be important if there's an outbreak on a team and they need to find a replacement immediately. In addition to if there's an outbreak on the team, there is a revised verbiage for 10-day deals or Exhibit 10 contracts, um, which are the same thing. Um, it's going to be a max of six total 10-day deals throughout the season, But this is where it's interesting. The memo specifically outlined the reality that the NBA as a league can create new ways on the fly to add roster flexibility if that is needed. So they left a lot of open-ended verbiage in the legal document that was this memo to be able to allow flexibility to help these teams out if that is what happens. So that's the difference with 10 days now is just that open-ended part of the um, way that they worded it so that they can allow for movement and flexibility flexibility to help other teams. The other thing which is less important but still kind of interesting is that contract incentives which could switch up people uh, you know teams cap sheets and how much guys make um, it has been shifted a little bit because there was such thing as an off-season incentive which usually included playing in summer league or something along those lines or going to a particular workout that was recommended by the team yada 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 it's a, it's a very specifically outlined incentive that basically players can 
um, accomplished very easily just by showing up to whatever event that may be. That is not going to happen this offseason, even if the incentive was already built into the contract because there was no summer league. It all, a lot of these facilities were closed throughout this very short offseason. So what the league did was they amended the wordage to basically say that as long as these players who have these offseason incentives in their contract show up to training camp on time and participate, they effectively have earned that incentive. Um, going forward as well, let's say the Nuggets signed Jeremy Grant to a contract this, this offseason, there will be no offseason incentives allowed because they don't know what the offseason is going to look like. So, Again, that's kind of where we're at on a league-wide level. So that's kind of what you can hang your hat on for important takeaways. Um, you can try and go find more takeaways. There's a lot of very, very high-frequency stuff that I'm sure you can find about it. But in my opinion, those are the most important things going forward for you to understand as the league starts to resume. So how does this impact the Nuggets? In that same memo, they outlined how a lot of key dates have changed. Um, a lot of these guys, uh, Jeremy Grant, for example, he has a player option in his contract this year. Before, it was like... Uh, July 26th or something like that was the day that he had to decide to opt in or opt out of that player option. So what this uh, memo had to do was to convert those dates to something that is obviously possible because it's impossible to go back in time and decide when to opt in because the league was shut down at the time. So now these dates have changed. So here are the three dates that are now important for the Nuggets players in their free agency. Um, on November 19th, Jeremy Grant has to decide to opt in or opt out of his player option. There is almost no scenario in which Jeremy Grant opts into that deal, so fully expecting Jeremy Grant to opt out of his player option on the 19th of November. Then, on the 20th of November, Monte Morris's currently unguaranteed contract becomes fully guaranteed. And the last date that is going to be important for the Nuggets is November 23rd. Kata Bates' jobs contract becomes guaranteed on that date. So those are the three that are important. We'll see what actually happens. I anticipate that the Nuggets are going to try and eventually do an extension for Monte Morris. We'll see if that gets done this offseason, but I don't see them cutting Monte Morris. When it comes to Kata, I'm not sure what the situation is going to be. If they need a roster spot, they might consider cutting them early. Um, if they need to save money, they might consider cutting them early, but I am not in favor of cutting six, eight wings who can defend multiple positions. So we'll see what happens, but that's the gist. The other part is that incentives and contracts, like I said a little bit before, is going to be difficult to add those off-season ones, and Tim Connolly is notorious for adding incentives to quite a bit of the contracts that he ends up signing guys to. So that might play a very, very, very minor factor in negotiations during free agency, but I highly doubt that that shifts anything. Uh, the other part of this is the two-way contract shift and how that impacts Bull Bull. From my understanding, Bull Bull is still going to be on a two-way contract uh, next year. That, well, that's what his contract is outlined as. He signed a two-year, two-way contract with $50,000 guaranteed in each season. So, next year, instead of the 50 k I assume it will go up to the $450,000 guaranteed mark, because there's no there's no reason that he would make four hundred k less during this season when the rules just change. It did not say in the memo if this is retroactive for players who are already on two-way contracts, but I assume as much. It's also helpful that there's 
a 50-game limit instead of the 45-day limit. It'll allow Bol Bol to get a lot of practice time with the pro team and be able to fill in space when they need to to play him at the NBA level because there's a 50-game limit he can now utilize. So that's the way that this actually impacts the Nuggets. Um, We'll have to wait and see if there's anything else in this memo that maybe I overlooked. Again, this is a lot of legal jargon. A lot of these memos are written by lawyers for lawyers. They're not necessarily built for public consumption. So lots of high-frequency ways to read this. It's a little difficult overall, um, but that's the way that I kind of took away the 61 pages I went through today. But we're going to now take our second break. I'm going to let you hear about Bet Online, and on the other end, we're going to answer some questions from listeners. So thank you guys for sticking around. Stick around for a little bit longer, and we'll finish up this podcast. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures every single day. Head to Bet Online today and take full advantage of the great signup bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you guys for sticking around and dealing with me for this long. It's always a good time to talk some Nuggets hoops and some league-wide hoops right now because there's a lot going on in this league, as you guys obviously can tell at this point. But it is now time for my favorite segment of the show, which is answering questions from listeners to be able to talk about some different things because, let's be honest, I miss out on a lot of stuff. I am not infallible in terms of figuring out what people want to talk about when it comes to the Nuggets. So being able to take questions from other people on Twitter and things like that is extremely extremely awesome because it really allows me to get into the different topics that people want to hear about. So with that being said, let's dive in. Uh, Bruno Passos, who by the way, writes for Pounding the Rock as a San Antonio blog there. He's awesome. Great, 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 great work. But he asks, what is the worst player you would include Michael Porter Jr. in a trade for? I thought about this a lot, but I think the the line for me, it's not Drew Holiday, but I would include Michael Porter Jr. for Bradley Beal. Uh, you just, there's not very many options when or many opportunities when you get to this stage of nearly contending where you can trade in a guy who is not quite ready for that stage to get a near all NBA caliber player who fits a role that you need. So for me, Bradley Beal is the line. That is where I kind of draw, yeah, like my line in the sand to say, this is the guy that I am willing to bank everything on to be able to go into this next iteration of Denver Nuggets basketball to be able to actually win the first title in franchise history. 
Next one is from Alan Williams on Twitter. He asked, does Monte Morris get traded or extended this season? My thought right now is that we will get through the uh, the offseason, start the season, and Monte will still not have an extension, but Denver will get it done during the season. I can't remember when the extension uh, deadline is for Monte, but I'm sure there will be opportunities for them to be able to eventually um, address that, because right now there's too much going on for them to prioritize Monte Morris's extension, I'm guessing, but they're going to need to do what they can to keep him, because one of the big things, if I was Monte Morris looking around is Gary Harris got paid early. Will Barton got paid early. Nikola Jokic got paid early. Jamal Murray got paid early. What about me? And that's how I would be thinking. So I'm expecting he will eventually get that extension, but I don't think it'll happen right away. I do not think they trade him unless it's for a guy like Drew Holiday or Bradley Beal or one of these high tier free agency or high tier player acquisition moments that they can find. So Next question from James Frederick on Twitter is, what is the most realistic deal for Drew Holiday? I've been playing with this a lot, and my overall thought process is this. Nuggets trade up in the draft. I'm not sure how that would necessarily work, because it depends on what team you're trading with. But Mike Singer of the Denver Post already reported that the Nuggets are interested in moving into the top 10 of the draft, and it seems like it is to at least try to go after Drew Holiday. So let's just pretend that the Nuggets made a trade to be able to get into the top 10. You then trade that top 10 pick with Bull Bull, with Monte Morris, with Gary Harris. That is probably the most realistic trade for Drew Holiday. I'm not necessarily sure if that will be the end of the of the conversation. Maybe they get him a little bit cheaper. Maybe you don't have to include Monte. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out, but that is about what I'm expecting. We'll have to just wait and see. Uh, Marco19160 on Twitter asks, what is the Jeremy Grant situation looking for Denver? This seems to be all encouraging. The Nuggets very much so prioritize Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant seems to want to be in Denver. I don't know how fast it'll happen because I'm pretty sure there is going to be um, a bit of a competition to sign him. So there might be a bit of the running up of the price. So I don't think it'll get done right away. But I do think that Jeremy Grant is in Denver next season. I would put my faith at like an 80% level that he will be back in Denver. And lastly, what are the biggest needs this offseason? Uh, I talked about this a little bit if you go back and read my offseason primer at milehighsports.com, but the Nuggets, with their guaranteed roster, if they lost everybody, they only have one big on the roster in Nikola Jokic. They need to find some level of a power forward or backup center to fill up some time. There's always a need for more wings on your roster in the NBA. They could use more shooting from the guard position, and depending on what happens with Monte, they might need another guard anyway to handle the ball. So that's what I'm kind of looking at overall for the Nuggets' biggest needs, but they have most of this on lock. It's really just filling in the gaps at this point and finding ways to give yourself a little bit of an edge. So I would say filling out the roster with backups with a backup big of some kind. I would say finding another jumbo wing who can shoot the ball and another guard who can handle a little bit, but also shoot. Those are my three things that are most important. But thank you guys for so much for sending in those questions. It's always extremely helpful to be able to get into some different topics, not just what I think is important. But this is going to be the end of the show today. Next, we are going to get an, uh, a look at the Nuggets offseason to-do list in a little bit more of a detailed way. I'll expand upon basically my offseason primer that I did for Mile High Sports. We'll update free agency and the trade market and things like that for how it has shifted in the couple days since. And that is going to be about it. It'll be out probably late to 
Tuesday night so you'll be able to wake up Wednesday morning and listen to it. That way it's always there. And don't forget, Monday, Wednesday, Friday now, you'll be able to wake up to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. This is going to be a much more consistent show than it has been. This is the new priority here. It is going to be a lot of fun. But if you have been listening to the show on milehighsports.com, make sure you subscribe wherever else you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, whether it's uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever it may be. Make sure you go subscribe to this podcast there. Thank you again to Indeed. Thank you to Bet Online. Make sure you go subscribe to American Prodigy. And again, this is the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to you guys later. Make sure you stay safe and keep wearing the masks.